All right, Ulysses, we have a busy Friday show as we continue our player reviews, and it's double trouble today. Jalen Beeks and Colin Fauche, and then to close out the show, like we usually do on Fridays um, as much as we can, baseball trivia and name that war. We're talking lefties today, so get uncomfortable, people. Let's start right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Uh, now, Ulysses, typically, or what we've done earlier this week, we've dedicated a full episode to a player for their 2022 review, i.e., Randy Rosarena. Uh, merited his full episode so did shane mcclanahan but it's hard to do that with uh every player on the Rays roster so more of those i hate to say bit player but smaller impact players we're we're pairing them up putting them together and uh kind of more rapid fire player reviews with for example jalen beeks and colin perche and several others on the Rays roster while a guy like Oh, I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, Drew Rasmussen will merit his own episode. Exactly. I mean, and usually with these combined episodes, it'll be bullpen guys just because uh, of how the, the roster construction works. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Beeks here. 61 yeah. innings. 70 strikeouts in those 61 innings, a 280 ERA, a 349 FIP. Very nice. 28 strikeout rate, uh, 8.8 walk rate. Not so great there. Uh, 1.16 whip. He was a 0.6 F war guy. Uh, I think the biggest thing for to highlight about Jalen Beeks in, in the positive manner would be the dude came back from TJ provided yeah. 61 innings some of them in high lever situations just tip of the cap man i mean that that's 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 remarkable to just have that line 61 innings a 280 ERA 349 FIP and a 28% strikeout rate like you 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 couldn't have asked that from guys not coming back from Tommy John and he did yeah, he uh the numbers speak for themselves that's in the positive column for sure August 25th, 2020 was his last appearance in the bigs before this year. So the comeback and being able to couple that with production, very, very impressive for him. Um, If you look at his savant page, there's a lot to like. Uh, Remarkable extension. The fastball velo actually gained several ticks. Uh, Average velocity up to about, I think, 95 miles per hour compared to the 2020 season. If you look at um, how he handled himself as a pitcher, he basically was just a change-up fastball guy, um, all but eliminating the cutter from 
2020, and it seemed to work for him. I mean, you you see the the fastball at the top of the zone, change up more lower in the zone, you know, getting below bats. And uh, one thing that makes Jalen Beeks so effective is not just the stuff, but how well he hides and protects the baseball. And then you couple that with the extension that he's getting. Um, it's right on top of a hitter and it's, and it's difficult for them to, uh, adjust or make a move. And I think maybe being able to fine tune the changeup in the fastball, you know, duck the cutter. Um, you know, it's not like he's going to be relied upon at least not yet to be, you know, we, we don't need four or five innings a clip from Jalen Beeks, but if you can be, a uh, a short reliever, mid reliever, you can get away with those two pitches with what he has. So, um, that's, that's what we see from the good column. Um, anything else you want to add to that as far as the positives before we move on to uh, some of the negatives with him? I think the last positive would be they found a role for him. And that's yeah. such a great thing to 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 know that for a player who will be going into, you know, arbitration very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I believe to the start of the 2023 season. So this is his first year going into it. So that that'll be interesting. Um, it's just to know your role. And to yeah. know that you're going to be a six batter, seven batter kind of guy, two innings, uh, maybe finish up an inning and then get the the next ball, the, the, the next three guys. I think that's a valuable yeah. thing to know your role and the, and the race have carved up it up for him and he succeeded in this. Yeah. And I think that's so important, especially for a guy that's coming back from injury and just trying to get his feet wet and settled in like, Hey, this is what we're looking for you. We're going to try to get you into as comfortable as a spot as possible, as opposed to, you know, there's some guys that they're comfortable with of, Hey, we're, we might pitch you in the fourth inning. We might pitch you as an opener. We might pitch you in the ninth inning. We might move you all around. And you know, they might do that with Jalen Beeks, but at least telling him that, Hey, just, five six batters that's all we need from you and and right um and that works and and there is absolutely you know not everybody on the roster can be tyler glass now not everybody on the roster can be jeffrey sprint so um he is a he was clearly a very valuable part of this uh raised team now as far as you know what didn't go so well for jalen beeks i've got really two things and you mentioned it briefly his walk percentage uh skyrocketing from that 2020 campaign and yeah. then, um, unfortunately, he did deal with an injury in uh, mid-September uh, where he got hurt. Uh, his, his right leg tightened up on him, and, and that, um, that wasn't good for him. No, it wasn't. And, I, you know, to go back on, on the walk rate, it, it ballooned to, like, almost double. Kevin. Yeah. It, it, it was at around 4.9 and went to 8.8. So that that's a big jump and i don't know if it has to do with the fact that you know he changed the repertoire or he you know trying to get the rust mm-hmm. a little bit off maybe not being so confident with 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 lefties too um, if you look at the breakout w- against lefties uh, it's 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 not pretty i mean the the whip in only 17 and a third innings it goes to 1.27 so almost 1.3 whip against other lefties Mm. that 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 can happen um you know you're supposed to get those guys yeah Uh, if you're if you're telling me that those are going to be your righty like you can understand but against your lefties and you're a lefty guy who hides the ball well what's going on right what's going on uh so that that would be the negative is the 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 split's not really working for him the getting injured and the walks really not working for him now you mentioned it as well uh his future with the team he is going to hit 
arbitration. And according to MLB trade rumors, he's projected to get roughly $1.2 million uh, this upcoming season, which I think is uh, quite a bargain, quite a deal with at least what he provided this past season and you know what we've just seen from him overall. Uh, are you confident that he's going to be on the Rays in 2023? Confident. Um, I would give it a 75% chance he comes back. Okay. What reasoning would you say of why he wouldn't return that 25%? Is it because of that arbitration figure or there's so many other guys going through arbitration and so many other arms that the Rays have to figure out and and carve out how they're going to find a roster spot for as as well as the rule five guys and so forth. I made a mention of it. The, all of the arbitration guys, 19, which is the most in the league uh, by any team of arbitration eligible players, it, it comes out to 43 mil. So yeah. if you're trying to cut, trim, you know, the proverbial fat uh, off it, you you a, a really good place to start would be the bullpen because you know that you are a pitching factory and you can get guys who, you know, sell solar pl- panels and then, you know, mm-hmm. have them throw uh, sliders, um, you know, off the plate. So you've got the, the, the I, I will trust race front office since like a long time ago i've done this for more maybe like a decade plus of oh this guy i've never known is going to throw for the race all right he could be great like right i i will not do that for the hitting <laughs> let, let me tell you yeah. that i will not do that for the hitting but with the pitching you know with my eyes closed i'd be like yeah he's probably gonna be great uh yeah so that's one way that you know he couldn't come back because you get a guy from the rule five eligible like Maybe we got like Colby White, even though he's not going to be available until maybe perhaps June. But somebody, you know, uh, Jose Lopez, somebody that needs to be protected and, and you want to give them a shot and they're going to be cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. Then I think, you know, that that's where Jalen Beeks might be a little yeah. bit more on the chopping block. Now, what works out in Beeks' favor, I would think, is be- yes, there are those 19 names, but he, at least in my opinion, is uh, head of the game compared to some of those others. Like Roman Quinn, okay, we can basically knock him off. You know, we've had conversations about G-Man Choi, Andrew Kittredge, Nick Anderson. You know, there's there's a handful of guys that should be, uh, I would think, a lot more concerned, and even the guy that we're talking about in the next segment, uh, compared to Jalen Beeks. Now, Say he does stay with the Rays, which I'm leaning towards. I'd, I'd probably go, you know, 85, 90%. Um, okay. Fair. Would you continue the, the focal point of, hey, we want you to face six batters? Or do you try to, hey, let's, let's move the needle a little bit. Let's see if you can get to eight no. batters, nine batters. Or you're, you want to keep him in this role as, He's as long as possible. in this role. I do not. I do not mess with that. He's the guy that you need six outs. Give them the ball. Yeah. I would hopefully, I mean, just like we talked about with like you know Shane McClanahan, maybe his homework is to figure out the slider usage and how he can better that. Uh, maybe Jalen Beeks's homework is how can I keep the walk rate down because yeah. it's not sustainable for a high leverage lefty to not be successful against lefties and then also just have free runners. That's not a recipe for good results. Very fair. Uh, grade for Jalen Beeks for the 2022 season. 
I would give him a solid 83. 83, okay. I was a little bit more generous um, because uh, he pulled at the heartstrings with the uh, coming back from TJ. I gave him a 90, A-, minus, and he made the postseason roster. So clearly the Rays um, liked what they were seeing from him. Um, so that's kind of basically I, I compared my what my expectations were for Jalen Beeks and what he did, and um, he – he exceeded those in a way. So I was a little bit more generous in that regard. All right. We'll talk next about Colin Pochet, but first we have to tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. As always, BetOnline is your continued source for sport wagering information, live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. We're talking about, of course, MLB in the World Series, but there's also MMA, boxing, golf, all of it. So head over to the website today or use that mobile device of yours to learn more. Bet online. It is where the game starts. All right, Ulysses, let's move on to another lefty and... Friend of the program, Colin Pochet, his player review for 2022. Yeah, Colin Pochet, uh, again, coming back that um, to, to see him again on the mound, just like Jalen Beeks, it's, it's pretty great. Yes. Uh, you know, to, this guy hadn't pitched since 2019. Uh, that, yeah, even longer. Yeah, even longer than Jalen Beeks. So to come back, uh, let me give you the stats first. A 58 and two-thirds innings, a 3.99 ERA, 64 strikeouts in those 58.2 innings, a 4.54 FIP. Um, the walk rate, a little troubling, at 9%. The strikeout rate at 26.1%. The whip, exactly like Jalen Beeks, at 1.16%. Uh, however, Fran- Fangraphs did have him a negative 0.2 F4. Um, where do you want to start with Colin Pochet? Yeah, I mean, the I've got, I guess, more bad than good, and this is probably because of recency bias, but briefly on the good, I'll give him a tip of the, cat, a tip of the cap to a tremendous first half of the year with the Rays. And again, not pitching in a big league uni, since 2019 it seems like literally for that was pre-pandemic think about yeah. that for a second <laughs> but to be able to come back and not just come back and be effective for a time but the perseverance and the work and the effort and the drive and the dedication it takes to you've setback after setback and you probably have that question hey am i ever going to get on the field again and and all those all the rehabbing and all the the exercises, uh, exercises that you're doing by yourself. I mean, we talked to him for, you know, better part of an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes and and he laid it out on the line. So really credit to him for, um, the, the drive to come back. I mean, 2019, 2020, 2021, all through the pandemic, 2022, you find yourself again. Um, not, not everybody can do that. I'll put it like that. No, and and I think you touched on it uh, by saying the first half because I know people got on him at the end of the season, and you know the numbers weren't great, but he was money before the All Star game, yes. and when I mean money, I mean look, his numbers in thirty 
0.2 innings pitched, okay? His whip was a 0.98, okay? He had a 235 ERA. He had 29 strikeouts in 30 innings. So, like, he was basically one per inning. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just... It, I think some, you know, if we if we talk from that's tr- terrific, but I think that his negatives is because he got tired, uh, he got yes. fatigued. Uh, I think you know he may, may might have lost some steam, and ultimately, I I don't know if the usage of him was the right one. Um, I don't. I know that the Rays don't care about labels and you know this guy will have a a a safe and you get a safe and you get a safe oh rookie that we just picked up from waivers you get a safe i understand that it's cute it's quirky we like it whatever but you know i think maybe sometimes you can rein in a little bit and when a guy's coming off three years of not pitching professionally and he's done a great job for you pre-all-star game you know just just kind of taper your expectations. Like don't put him in situations where he's going to give up a walk-off home run. And then the next day face the same guys. Like you don't think that's psychologically negative for him to just have to relive the same thing against the same batters on back-to-back days. I just, for that one, I, 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 you know, you can go roll the tape back. That was a Kevin crash moment. And I said it back then that was a Kevin crash moment. That wasn't a Colin Boucher moment. That that might very well be true of more of an indictment on the usage of Colin Pochet as opposed to Colin Pochet himself. Again, I mean, you, you can make the argument, hey, he's a professional. You've got to be put in any situation. But considering the circumstances, now maybe, again, I, I don't have the roster sheet in front of me or who was available, who wasn't available. But I would think that, you know, I guess the line of thinking for the Rays would have been, well, you know, he's he's really been on fire this first half let's give him a shot in more high leverage uh we got pitchers going down like flies we don't have a lot of other options out there so let's roll out Colin per se so I think there's an argument to be made for that but the fact of the matter is you know what whatever line uh of sand that you're on um he wasn't good when it came to those high leverage situations when it came to those one run ball games whether it was the seventh inning or the ninth inning I mean that's kind of the memory that you have of, of Colin Pochet's a, a sour taste in your mouth of, Hey, the Rays are up three, two, or they're down three, two. And Colin Pochet gives up a dagger and not in a good way. I, I remember Baltimore being uh, a, a couple of those. I remember uh, the Brewers game being one of them. So, I mean, that's three off the top yeah. um, that I can remember. You know, I, I bet people watching this that are subscribing on YouTube um also remember those as well so again that again that's more of using him in those situations i just yes. i don't feel like he was used the right way and unfortunately for him that reflects in his numbers and right. i think i do think that coming back from from three years of not pitching like that takes a toll you get tired and that's the thing though that bothers me the most is how is this front office how is this coaching staff that's so like let's baby pitchers let's phantom il let's take him out after three innings drew rasmussen fine sure baby them whatever as long as you give me seven innings of shane mcclanahan in october right as long as you give me eight innings of drew rasmussen in october i need that if you're gonna baby them how are you not babying guys coming from tommy john surgery that are in your stable where's the babying in them 
Well, Colin this Pritchett definitely wasn't babied. Yeah. Jalen Beeks wasn't babied. Where, where is there? Where, where, where's their handholding? Yeah, it's it's funny, and and maybe that's also something where they're trying to see, hey, who can we ride with deep into the playoffs or in October? Like, who's our ride or dies in those situations? And this is a Rays organization that they'll they'll give a guy his major league debut and then DFA him a day later, like hours yep. later. Like it's almost the kiss of death when there's a guy that uh, you've never heard of, Easton McGee, that gets called up. Oh, my great Chris story well. from you know Topkin. Uh, makes his major league debut. Nobody would have expected. And then he gone like that he just gone. happened. So that that's also the organization that we're dealing with too. I get your point with all that. Um, but yeah, so I actually looked it up. Um, 6.52 FIP in high leverage situations this year for Colin Porsche. Uh, folks listening at home, that's not a good thing. Uh, and also um, just like Jalen Beeks dealt with a late season uh, injury issue, so did Colin Pochet, but uh, seemingly I think this one was worse with the abdominal injury, um, which I guess I, I can't remember the exact term, but I know that happened in October, so it wasn't good timing there with that. Um, so we got the good, the bad with Colin Pochet, his future. Um, he's going to be arbitration eligible, and according to MLB trade rumors, uh, he could be owed roughly $1.7 million. So just like Jalen Beeks, Colin Porche's future very much could be up in the air with the Rays. A hundred percent, a hundred percent up in the air. Same, same reasoning that I gave for Jalen Beeks for Colin Porche. Um, you can get people that, that are cheaper that would be yeah. able to maybe perhaps give you the same thing. And if you can't find a one for one, well, you know, there are the Chris Wills or the Easton McGee's or the Jimmy Yacobonis that you can just kind of combine mix and match and get 58, 60 innings out of four guys that you DFA'd and you pay minimum uh, salary and treat them like spare parts. Yeah. That's, uh, kind of the raise MO there. So, uh, you, you gave a percentage stay or go with Jalen Beeks, 75% feeling he stays 25%. You think he goes Colin Pochet. Is it 75, 25? Is it 50, 50? Is it the other way? Is it 25% chance he stays 75% chance he gone? What I, do you I would like? say 60% he stays. Okay. Drop it down by 15 points. Fair enough. 60. I think that's just that's because of the, of the of the post all star you know performance, yeah. I would say sixty percent. That's fair. Um, yeah, and that's probably what I'd put it at. I mean, I, I'm almost down to fifty fifty though. I did, I just have no idea. Um, you just never know with the race. Um, all right, so grade for Colin Pochet for twenty twenty two. I'm gonna give him a solid C. Uh, I uh, seventy five. Okay. Man, I guess I the the heartstrings are are pulling at me today. Uh, friend of the show, yeah, uh, hadn't pitched since 2019. I mean, the numbers as a whole, yeah, they're not the best for a reliever, and we right. definitely saw some really tough moments from him. But all told, I'm going to give him a B nine, B minus. I'll give him a 82. Um, Wait, so 82. 75, that's what? Seven point difference. So cut that by half. That's 3.5. So really, he has a 78.5, which it says a 79 plus one point extra credit for being on the show. Look at that. B he minus. gets a B minus. Very uh, good. How about that? Hey, there we go. 
Good stuff. Um, all right. Uh, so that's our player reviews of Jalen Beeks and Colin Pochet. I kind of like this rapid fire with the uh, relievers and more of the the smaller, I shouldn't say smaller, but guys who don't provide as much of an impact as the bigger names that we're used to. Wander Franco probably going to mirror his own episode, for example. Um, yep. Sean Armstrong, probably not. Uh, so anyway, so we have that out of the way, just uh, trying to get through all these player reviews before uh, transaction season happens. But um, yeah, so we'll November, move on. November is going to be player review heavy, guys, and, and you'll, you'll enjoy them because we're going to put a lot of effort in trying yeah. to find the knick-knack little numbers that then make you tick that that needs to be a new thing you know we have no shave november maybe you know player review season or uh, whatever i'm yeah. sure somebody can come up with something uh <laughs> more clever all right uh it being a friday baseball trivia name that war ulysses you have baseball trivia i have named that war what is your trivia question today well i felt cheeky we crossed the 500 subscriber count on youtube everybody hey, yeah. we go. the crowd goes nuts they're wild they can't believe it are you kidding me yeah we are at 506 subscribers so actually i know who the, the 500 subscriber is you won't believe this pat burl that is the 500th subscriber <laughs> you want to do it if we get pat burl on the show like we bleeping yeah. we bleeping bleeping i mean a hundred percent anyway so i wanted to be cheeky because we crossed a 500 count on youtube and if you haven't subscribed guess what what a great what a great time to hit that button it's free and we don't annoy you we just give you episodes we give you raised content which i know you like because you're listening to this or watching it anyway my trivia question for today is there are 19 ball players that are in the 500 club for home runs. Okay. I need you to name nine of these 19 guys. And by I mean 500 club, I mean that they're in fi- in the 500 rank. I mean from 500 to 599. I'm not looking for the 600 oh. guys. I don't care about those. I need the ranking from 500 to 599. There are 19 of those names. I need you to give me nine. That makes it much more difficult. Um, it does. It does indeed. Uh, speaking of Phillies, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt is correct okay. with 548. Um, Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is correct. 521. Okay. Uh, I might be undershooting him, but Rafael Palmero. He is correct. 569. Very nice. I will go with Frank Robinson. That would be the highest guy at 586. This is where I'm getting into a little bit of trouble now. 500 Club. Oh, you got uh, this. You got this. You, you, you got this. I don't think this guy got this many, but what the hell. Um, Mike Piazza. Uh, strike one. 
Go big, bro. Jim, oh, no. I feel like Jim Tomey had more than, like, he's in the 600 club, so I'm going to retract that. Uh, Mickey Mantle. That would be correct. 536. Very good, Kevin. Just to give you a little breather, and for the folks at home, at their car, on their train, on their airplane, we've got Schmidt, Thomas, Palmero, Robinson, and Mantle. So you've got five so far. You need four more. Can he do it, folks? Mm. I would like a hint, but that's selling out. It is. And you only have one strike. Let me see if I can run. I would love to say Fred McGriff, but I can't say him. Um, Gary Sheffield. That would be correct. Tampa's own Gary Sheffield with 509. I feel like there's got to be another Tampa player. Not Tampa Bay Rays, but a guy who's from Tampa. Um, I digress. Is there another Yankee in this list? Is there another Yankee? He asks. I do not see one in my quick scan here, but there are Yankee killers. Yankee killers. Okay. David Ortiz. Correct. Poppy. Big Poppy, baby. Um, so you've got seven. You need two more. I was thinking. Oh, and there Cal is a Yankee. Rick, he, there is a Yankee. There is a Yankee, Yankee here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just saw him. Did we watch him during our lifetime? No, but there was a really good series done by ESPN around 2010 featuring this guy, and it was really good. Okay, John I'll... Turturro played the manager of said I, team. I might have to come back to that. Um. You know what? I'll I'll say this. Joe DiMaggio. Jolton Joe is not on this list. Oh, I think he topped out at 400-something. So that's oh. two strikes. There's definitely got to be... Did Manny Ramirez get to 600? I'm going to say Manny Ramirez. And you would be correct because Manny got 555. I need one more. You need one, one more. One more. Oh, I want to try to see if there's a player during our baseball watching era that achieved this yeah. mark. This one's pretty easy, bro. Pretty easy. Like, what you just repeat what you just said. A guy during our lifetime. Yep. Is he still playing right now? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not Albert Pujols, I can tell you that. It is not, so it must be. Not Albert Pujols. Um, right-handed hitter, I assume? Best right-handed hitter I've followed his career. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the, there's the hint. Uh, Miggy Cabrera. With 507. Very, very good. I know you mentioned Fred McGriff. He was at 493. So just a little bit outside. And friend of the program, Nelson Cruz, 459. 
So how about that? Uh, can you list the other uh, names in the 500 Club? Yes. Yeah, so Mark McGuire, 583. Harmon Killebrew, Twins legend at 573. Reggie Jackson was the Yankee we were talking about, 563. Uh. Uh, Jimmy Fox, 534. Willie McCovey, 521. Ted Williams, 521. Ernie Banks, 512. Eddie Matthews, 512. Mel Ott, 511. Eddie Murray at 504 closes the 500 club. I'm surprised uh, Juan Pierre isn't on that list. Of course. Um, he might yeah. be on the stolen bags, though. So there we that's go. That's true. Uh, all right. My name that wore is a guy who played for the Phillies. I wanted to put a little World Series flair on this one. Um, and he played with the Phillies and parlayed that into a pretty hefty contract with the Nationals. Uh, his name is Jason, Jason Worth. Worth. Yeah. What is his career war? Um, he was the most overpaid non-achiever yes. of all time. Facts. Facts. Uh, I believe he was like a three-war-ish player, probably. Um, for, let's say, five years at the most. So that'd be 15. Maybe he played like 10 years. Uh, so that was... Five more years of one war would be five, would be 20. But I still think that is steeply high for what Jason Worth was. So I'm going to knock him a few. I'm going to be off for this guy. This, guy, this guy's going to be a little bit of a nebulous for me. I'm going to go with 17.4. Interesting. That's probably what I would have guessed, considering uh, he only made one all-star appearance in his career. He does have a ring, of course, but... Um, when you take everything into account, his career numbers are pretty impressive, and really? uh, that gives. Can you give him, them to me before? Give, yeah, give, yeah. give me the career numbers, and then I'll try again. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna. Th this is fun, actually. So I'm just gonna go down the line: five thousand four hundred eighty-four at bats, fourteen hundred sixty-five hits, two hundred twenty-nine homers, two sixty-seven batting average. 883 runs, 799 RBI, 132 stolen bases, 360 on-base percentage, 455 slug, 816 OPS, 117 OPS plus, and I'll tell you that he played 15 years in the bigs. And I'll also mention he had uh, 300 doubles in his career and 22 triples. How many hits? Uh, 1,465. I said 17.4. That resume speaks more like a 24.7 B-War. Am I you're right? Getting, you're getting closer. 29.2. Look at that. So maybe not so overrated. Yeah, I just remember I was like blown away by that contract that he signed yeah. with Washington uh, yeah, in the 2010 season. Um. Yeah, that was. A, just, that's a great career. A thirty war. Again, ninety nine point five percent of ball players out there would love that career and love uh, yeah. his bank account as well. Uh, also, would love that more. Yeah, would love that more. Yeah. At the time of his retirement, uh, his eighty five point one six one stolen base percentage 
was the fifth highest in MLB history. So he was sort of the anti-Randy Rosarena with 132 stolen bases and just 23 caught stealings in his career. So there were years where he stole 20 bags and was caught only once in that season. Okay. So like remarkable. So you know what? Uh, so you know what? Um, the Rays are missing a coach right now, a bench coach. Yeah. Maybe bring in another coach, a stolen base coach. And could that stolen base coach be Jason Worth? He's made his money, so Stu doesn't have to empty yeah. the bank account. Bring Jason Worth. Talk to the boys. Listen, first of all, don't get caught. That's number one. Rule number one about stealing bags, do not get caught. Rule number two about stolen bags, do not get caught. Simple as that, folks. Uh, yes. And uh, Jason Worth, um, I guess he has other endeavors besides baseball uh, because he now works as an organic farmer in Illinois. Uh, so I guess he's liking that uh, he, he doesn't want to be – he wants to be away from people, evidently, <laughs> if he's going to be an organic farmer. Uh, he told us. He told us beard. He told us with the beard this yeah. is what he, was, he would be doing. So good for him. I, I'm, I'm sure that he composts. Yeah, just um, – don't put him behind the wheel of a car or a tractor. He's had some issues with that in the past. Anyway, uh, that's trivia. Great trivia question. And name that war as well. He had a little soul patch on his uh, B-Ref page. Not a big fan huh. of that. Um, anyway, uh, hope you all enjoyed. Uh, we'll be back next week with more episodes of the Locked on Race podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Today podcast that is also free and available on every single platform. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you next week.